0: In name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we have the most blessed day in the liturgical calendar, one of the blessed feast days in Christ's Holy Church, because today we celebrate the feasthood of the motherhood of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And I want to remind us all that there's something that the Holy Spirit is always longing to accomplish for us. And with us, whenever we take a look and have a Remembrance Day of His Holy Mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary, for one, by the revelation of who He is through the eyes of God and the discernment of God, the Holy Spirit really wants to draw us ever and ever into a greater love and honor and respect of His Blessed Mother. To grow in that towards her. For she is wondrous in what God chose her for and used her for and what she does on behalf of us. And secondly, our Lord always wants to show us through her, through her life, who she is. Wants to show us more and more about who we are as God's people. Who we are as the church. Because the church... From the earliest days, is always taught that when we look upon the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Mother of God, we see ourselves. She is the picture of the church, and there is much that we can learn from her and from her life. And when we consider her motherhood that we celebrate today, there are many things that we could look at, countless things that we could look at regarding her motherhood. I mean, you heard in the Gospel today from the Gospel of St. Luke in chapter 2, that when the Holy Family had traveled with family and others and friends in a big caravan, they came into Jerusalem, as all the Hebrews would do, once a year to celebrate Passover. And so they celebrated Passover offering their sacrifices, and then it was time to leave. And they left, but they didn't know something. That Christ our God, our blessed Son, was not with them. And they'd gone a day's journey away from Jerusalem when they realized this. Can you imagine? Yet yeah, many of you moms can Can you imagine the horror and suffering of a mother? Much less a mother and a father when they're a day away from their child. Twelve years old in, a, in the big city as it would have been considered Jerusalem. We remember her motherhood, even in just the pure motherhood of her son, the love that she had for her son. But this is not going to be our focus today regarding her motherhood. We're going to talk about something that's not often talked about as far as as teaching within this particular day, but it is worthy of it. And that is this. The church, from its earliest days, very early in the life of the church, understood the Blessed Virgin Mary. ...to have the honored role of Queen Mother. Queen, not just Queen, Queen Mother. <laughs> queen of her son, to the son, who is the King of Kings and the King of His Kingdom and Loving. Be very quick to remind us all, not that we need it, but especially if we have visitors here today, to remind us all that when we see the Blessed Virgin Mary called the Queen Mother... That she is not co-equal with Christ, her son. She is not co-equal with the Holy Trinity. This is not at all what this place of honor that she holds means. Not at all. But the Queen Mother, the role of Queen Mother has a most beautiful and eternal role that she has been granted by God himself. And that's what we look at today. When you hear the term Queen Mother, my prayer beyond this day and for every day forward, when you hear the term Queen Mother, I pray that two words will come to your mind, two ideas about the Blessed Virgin Mary. The first word is this, honor, a place of honor God has most has certainly given to his Blessed Holy Mother as the role of Queen is a place of honor. Remember the word honor. Secondly, when you hear the phrase Queen Mother, I want you to remember this word. Intercession. Prayer. Before the very throne of Christ our God. Because these are the things that make up the blessed role of the Queen Mother as she has been taught in the church. And she has been taught this in the church. We see in scripture she is referred to as queen. We see her pointed to in the old covenant as queen mother. We're going to look at both of these today. And let me give you something else. You'll see in the ancient prayers and hymnology of the church that at times she's referred to either as queen mother, another phrase you'll see as queen of heaven. They are synonymous terms. So don't get confused by the two. They both mean the same thing. So as we explore the Blessed Virgin Mary today in that honorable role that she has been given of Queen Mother, we seek to see the honor bestowed upon her by the King, Christ. And secondly, we seek to learn a bit about ourselves in our role as a kingdom of priests to intercede for the life of the world before the very throne of God. Because we see this with mercy. As I mentioned a moment ago, the church expressing the revelation of the Blessed Virgin Mary as Queen Mother, it goes back to antiquity. That includes scripture as well as the teachings of the fathers. We see it in the early councils of the church by 500 when they were combating heresies and false teachings. We see this come up in the phraseology and understanding of the church. We're going to begin with scripture. I take you to Revelation and chapter 12. Now, please know the book of Revelation was the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ given to the blessed, holy apostle, Saint John, the beloved of Christ. And he's given this revelation because our Lord wants to prepare the churches of that day for the upcoming persecution, the Roman persecution, as we know. it And in preparing them for this great persecution, God is calling them and gracing them through this revelation. To endure, to hold fast in the faith through this suffering. And he does so by giving John a glimpse through the veil of what's on the other side. What awaits all of those who endure. And particularly those blessed holy martyrs who endure it all for their lives for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so in Revelation 12, here's the glimpse that John is given says, Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and with the moon under her feet, and on her head was a crown of twelve stars. Obviously, by this description, you're seeing someone referred to arrayed as royalty. Arrayed as royalty. And the twelve stars that are on the crown of her head. The church fathers teach us that we see two things. Number one, the fulfillment of Israel. The twelve tribes of Israel. But we also see the fulfillment of Israel in and through the church. Because we see the very foundation of the church as mentioned in the book of Revelation. And what is that foundation? The twelve apostles. She is adorned and arrayed gloriously with a crown upon her head. And we learn very quickly in Revelation... Who this blessed woman is. Because the very next verses tell us. And the dragon stood before the woman. Who was ready to give birth. To devour her child. And even in the text of scripture. You see child capitalized. Ready to devour her child. As soon as it was born. She bore a male child. Who was to rule all nations. With a rod of iron. Then the woman fled in This is obviously the story of the Blessed Virgin Mary. She would give birth to our Lord Jesus Christ. And when she gave birth, Satan so influenced and turned Herod's heart that he sought to kill the child and in doing so would murder all of those babies. And we celebrate even those babies as martyrs on the Day of Holy Innocence. This is the Blessed Virgin Mary. And John the Apostle is given this vision of her in heaven arrayed place of honor, the Queen Mother. And the role of Queen Mother is also in Scripture foretold in the Old Covenant through the Davidic line of kings, the line of King David, the throne that David sat on.
1: We also see
0: the role of Queen Mother in the New Testament at Jesus' first miracle, at the wedding of Canaan. We're going to look at both. First, the Old Testament.
1: Now, we all know that the
0: prophecies of Jesus Christ were this that the Messiah would come and he would sit on the throne of David. He would be the fulfillment of the Davidic kings. But how many of you know that in the line of the Davidic kings, who was it that was given the honor of queen? Because it was not the wife of the kings in the Davidic line. That's European monarchy. Where the wife is the queen. Guess who it was? The mother of the king. Was considered to be the queen mother. And held that place of honor bestowed upon her by the king himself. And I want you to see this because we see it clearly with Bathsheba. Wife of King David. And King David we will see has just died. And we'll see it in the story of her son and David's son Solomon being made king to fulfill that Davidic line replacing King David. I take you to 1 Kings in chapter 2. And I want you to see this is the first time that Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, comes before Solomon when he's king. This is the first time she comes. Verse 19. Bathsheba therefore went to King Solomon. And she did so to speak on behalf of another, Adonijah. And the king, listen to his response to her approach to him. Listen to how he responds. And the king rose up to meet her and bowed to her, an act of honor. And sat down on his throne and had a throne set for the king's mother. So she sat at his right hand. Isn't that beautiful? The king honors his mother, sets a throne at his right hand, and that is her place of honor as the queen mother in the Davidic line of kings. And we see her role of intercession there, but we see it even more clearly in the wedding feast at Cana from the Gospel of John in chapter 2. We see her in the role of true intercession before her son, our Lord and God. We remember this story that our Lord and his mother were present at a wedding in the town of Cana. And during the wedding they run out of wine. And Mary has compassion on the host of that celebration because they run out of wine. It would have been an incredible embarrassment to the host. And secondly, she has compassion on all who are there that are there to celebrate with great joy, this blessed wedding. So what does she do? The blessed Virgin Mary goes and intercedes for them. She goes before her son and she says, tells him the story. They have run out of wine. pleads with him to help in the situation. And Jesus responds to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My time has not yet come. The church fathers are very quick to teach us that our Lord was not dishonoring his mother.
1: Rather, our Lord is
0: bringing something further out of his mother regarding that which she will be and become. And we know that because our Lord's mother doesn't leave in shame having been rebuked by her son. What does she do? Instead, she goes further. She takes the servants of that wedding feast. And what does she do? She brings them directly before her son and she tells those servants, do whatever he says to do. And then we're told that our Lord's showing honor to his mother. He grants the request and the miracle of the water changed into wine for the blessing of all by her request and his own compassion for the situation. The first miracle our Lord Jesus Christ ever did. Glorifying God on the earth was done in conjunction with the very request, the very intercession of His holy and blessed Mother. Her role as Queen Mother, being present with her Son, this is her role, being present with her Son and bringing all of those she has compassion for by prayer before her Son and praying that He shows mercy and grants them everything life and salvation. We proclaim this to be her role in all the great Marian anthems of the church that we sing at the end of Vespers and we sing at the end of Matins every Sunday. I'll give you just two of them and I will summarize them and not read you all the words so you understand the meaning of what we're singing. During Easter time, the blessed season of Easter, O Queen of Heaven, again there's that phrase Queen Mother. O Queen of Heaven, be joyful because He, whom Thou so meekly hath bearest, hath arisen as He promised. Pray to us for the Father. Pray for us to the Father. In Trinity Time, we say these words, we sing these words, and again I'll summarize <laughs> Mary, we hail Thee. And by the way, my friends, never get confused. Saying Mary, we hail Thee doesn't mean Mary, we worship Thee. I mean, for goodness gracious, if you're in New York and you hail a cab, are you worshiping a yellow vehicle? It's <laughs> ridiculous. When we hail something, we're asking for its attention. If I hail you, I want you to meet with me. I, I want you to hear me for a moment. Huh? Mary, we hail thee, Mother and Queen, Compassion. And then we go on to describe our situation and we're bringing before her because. We who are mourning and suffering as we journey through this life in this wilderness, at this time, we ask for intercede to your Son on our behalf in the midst of this time of existence and suffering on our way to salvation, being saved. Pray for us, intercede for us, and listen to these blessed words. And when our earthly exile has ended, show us. show us your son. Why did he say this? Because everything she does, you even see it in the icon with her gestures. Where is her head leaning? It's not calling attention to herself. It's calling our attention to go from her to be able to gaze upon her son, Christ our God, our life and our salvation and our resurrection. And therefore she brings us in prayer to Christ. And she intercedes for us, and when we pass through that veil, she will show us her blessed Son, Jesus Christ, and we will be in eternal awe over what we see and experience at that point. This is the role of the Blessed Virgin on behalf of all of God's people, and I tell you that she's the first of us. Remember what I said, when we take a look at the Blessed Virgin Mary every time, we see something of ourselves. What is it that we see? I'll tell you what we see and what we need to really lay hold of and remind ourselves to begin by grace to walk in the blessed role that each one of you and myself, being filled with the Holy Spirit, is now given in the kingdom of God. and It is one of the most important roles. Your role is a kingdom of priests a kingdom of priests that not only offer themselves and the praise to God most high who is well worthy of it, but also a kingdom of priests that offer before God intercessions for the life of one another and for the life of this blessed world that is in such need of redemption and salvation and to have Christ our God revealed to them. And my friends, I cannot think of a more important time, not that there's ever a lesson But I can't think of a more appropriate time that we begin to daily take up the mantle of the role of priests who intercede, bring before God all of the suffering and broken souls of this world, lifting them up to God, just as the Blessed Mary does. Lifting them up before God and pleading God's mercy, pleading God's revelation, pleading God's healing of every blessed soul that they might be saved and enjoy the peace and the joy of the kingdom of God. That is your role. It is my role. We are given this by God. You are ordained to this by the one who ordains all. The prophet Joel. In Joel chapter 2, and I read this in a teaching I did on a video at the very beginning of our COVID experience. That coupled with when all of the outbreak of violence and social unrest was going on, I brought a message to you directly from Joel the prophet in chapter 2, because it perfectly describes where we are today, and it describes our role and calling to intercede. God, through the prophet Joel, speaks these words. Now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning. So rend your heart, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, and then here's what we do in Bristol: Let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between porch and altar. Let the priests of God weep between porch and altar. What does that mean? That means that we come by fellowship with God to share the compassionate heart of our Lord Jesus Christ we begin to perceive everything outside of the ark of salvation, his holy church. We begin to perceive it with his eyes. You know what that means in times like this in our nation? That means we suffer with the heart of God. We weep. We weep over the death and the destruction and the violence and the anger and the hatred. But what does the holy priesthood do with that compassion and that great pain within us? We raise it before the throne of the Son of God. We intercede pleading with God that He would touch all of this, that He would touch every soul and redeem it and bring it to peace for it's in anguish. Do you hear the heart of God? This is your role, his intercessions. It's my role. And I sent you out an email two days ago with a prayer that I am asking. For every single one of us to pray at least in one of the hours of prayer, and today is our Orthodox prayer for a nation at a time of civil unrest. And if you have read this prayer that I sent to you, you would have seen and If you haven't, you will. You would have seen. Tell me if it doesn't cover everything that's going on around us and bringing before Christ that it covers His will over all things. of honor and sent the archangel gabriel who struck fear into so many people when he would show up but remember the archangel gabriel when he comes to the blessed virgin mary